and um, I got Patrick Henry and a few others on my phone. Exact place where they were staked. Just for the simple fact of translating the Word of God, of reading the real Word of God, the King James Bible. That's the only reason. Man, if you knew what it took. The Bible says, let me just read that verse for you real quick, okay? The Bible says, by the way, there have been six mar- seven martyrs in, in, uh, throughout the area of, of Scotland, England, you know, all the places where the King James Bible was first translated in those areas of Scotland and the English, the Wales, all of those places there together. And the Bible says there were seven martyrs. Okay, there were seven martyrs that done that. This is what the Bible says. And every one of them passed the King James Bible down to somebody else. They passed it down to keep the generation going. They had passed it down and then they got martyred. Okay, understand that. You know what the Bible says? Psalms 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of, not fire, but earth. Purified seven times. You know what that means? Every time somebody come in, the Lord purified his word. He proved that it was worth dying over, and he proved that it was worth living for. Amen? And so he said, purified seven times. Not in the furnace of fire, but in the furnace of earth. And guess what? Every single one of them were burnt at the stake. Purified seven times this word of God. I'm sure there's been others. That have been put at the stake for, for reading the King James Bible. But you've ne- you'll never hear nobody reading any other translation been burnt, by the way. You'll never hear anybody been standing up on that. And listen, I, I, I believe people can be saved under other translations. I'm not, that, I'm, not, I'm not a Ruckmanite, okay? But what I am is simply the fact that I believe this King James Bible is perfect and true all the way through. I believe it's God's preserved word, and I believe the Lord kept it just how he wanted it to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if he can't preserve your Bible, then he surely can't preserve your salvation either. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's, uh, let's turn to the Word of God this morning. And I'd like you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians in chapter number 4. Got Genesis. I mean, excuse me. I'm not going all the way from Genesis. You got, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You got Acts, Romans. First, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. That's the, I think, seventh book. No, that'd be more than that. Ninth book, maybe. Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number four. And we'll not ask you to stand this morning. I got a lot of scripture to read. I got 21 verses I want to read to you this morning. And yes, I am going to preach to each one of them. Um, but quickly, okay? I ain't got that many notes. That doesn't mean anything. Y'all know that too. Somebody say amen, all right? All right, you can at least agree with that. You can't agree with anything else, but I know you can agree with that, all right? Bible says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry for the edifying excuse me, of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may, notice these next two words, grow up into him. In all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Everybody in here is a Gentile, believe. The vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, of being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, having given themselves over to, to lasciviousness, to work all that which, let's see, to work all that, um, I've lost my spot here for some reason, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. 
If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in you, I mean, in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye may put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true Holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the wrath go down upon and let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind-hearted one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even God, for Christ's sakes, hath forgiven you. Lord, bless the word of God. Bless the reading of it. You said it never returned void. And I pray, God, this morning that you would be magnified and that your people would be edified in here this morning. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if we've read this text this morning, we know that this is probably a familiar place in Scripture. You've never not heard one of the verses out of here, okay? There's one or two of the verses that you've probably heard at some point in time, whether it be neither give inch to a devil, uh, or whether it be uh, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, you've heard that verse. You've probably heard a few other verses. You've probably heard and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, uh, forgiving one another as God for Christ sakes have forgiven you. You've probably heard those verses like that, but as we read this, however, when Paul is talking, what is Paul talking about in this passage of Scripture? What is he talking about? Well, in order to get the context of that, that's why we read verse 11 and verse number 12, and we read those, and Paul said that God gave us three, five spiritual leaders According to the Bible, he gave us five spiritual leaders, and those leaders are apostles, uh, preachers, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave us five things, and that is the purpose of helping us grow in the Lord, okay? He says that ye may grow up in the Lord. That's what we are to do. God gave those in the purpose of, 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 of promoting growth within the church. Uh, you notice in verse number 12, two, 4, so he gave them, that, that's, that's confirming verse number 11, is that right? The word 4 is going to be conjoined together with verse number 11, and it's going to continue on verse number 11, and confirming that verse number 11, this is why verse number 11 was given. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so you might not understand that. And so we look at that and the word perfecting in verse number 12, it means to complete. It means to furnish. It means to equip, to prepare. Okay, it means those things. And then the word edifying there, for the edifying of the body of Christ, in that word it means building up. Okay, it means building up. It means growing up. And it gives us the idea of building something that is structurally, sound or concrete you're not going to build a house that's not sound right you're not going to build a house on sand as the bible tells us because when the wind comes and blows vehemently that when that does take place it will destroy your house and you're going to build it on something that's stable something that's sound something that's structural and very architecturally sound in the means and so you probably won't hear anything new this morning but as you know when a person gets First saved, they're a baby. You say, I don't get saved as a baby. No, 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 you don't. But, 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 but for lack of better terms, the idea there in John chapter 3 is Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. Uh, he says, you must be born again. Uh, and Nicodemus said, well, how can I go back into my mother's womb uh, and be born again? He said, a man that's born of the Spirit, uh, water is water. A man that's born of the Spirit is spirit. Uh, you must be born again. You say, preacher, that don't make no sense. Uh, well, every baby is born into this world in water. 
That which is born in water is water, but that which is born in spirit, uh, therefore if any man be new, if any man be in Christ, uh, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, and if we have been put in Christ, it, it means that everything he did, he did it with us. Right? Baptism. We go down, it says, we, we normally say something along the lines that upon your profession of faith, uh, um, so on and so on. Uh, and uh, it says you have been put down with the old man, raised to walk in newness of life. Uh, that's what Christ did. Uh, he was put down with the old man, raised to walk in victory, the newness of life. Uh, and he has been doing that for all these years. But, but we, are, we have a new birth. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must... Be born again. There's the physical birth of the water. The water. Babies born in water. I know. And then the second one is the spiritual birth. I believe every parent in here can say it's a thrill to see their children growing and maturing. Especially in the Lord, it's, it's a thrill to see those things. And don't you think it's a, it works the same with the Lord though? Think about it. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of changing diapers. Damn. I'm talking about just in a, a, a. I'm tired of changing Elisha's diaper. I'm tired of changing Malachi's diaper. And I don't do near so much as she does. But I'm, but I'm tired of doing it. Uh, it's time to get off the milk, get off the bib. Get off the diapers and get into something, uh, the meat and the battles and the devotions of this life uh, and being devoted to Christ. It's time to do that. There is something I would love to see here and I know it's the Lord's desire. There's something, I'm seeing some grow. I'm not seeing all grow. I am not seeing everybody in this building grow in the Lord. I'm not. Now, now, that's unfortunate. And you say, preacher, you talking about me. Well, I don't know. If you feel that way, it might be the Holy Spirit. But hear me, hear me. Good enough is never going to be good enough. Good enough. I can't remember this quote perfectly, but good enough is not good enough if it can be better. And better is not good enough if it can be best. Something along those lines. It can be better. And, I, and don't just be glad you're saved. Be growing in the Lord. Amen. My desire this morning is to present to you, to you a list. Okay? Think about it. I could write it out on a piece of paper and give it to you, but think about a list. Think about a list that there is according to the Scripture, if you will, from the Word of God this morning. And these verses we read this morning will show you if you are growing or will show you if you are not growing. They'll show you very clearly. And As a child of God, if you are growing or if you are not growing. I'm going to preach on this thought simple. Growing up. Growing up. Notice number one with me this morning. A growing Christian is steadfast in their circumstances. They are steadfast in their circumstances. Uh, we can read it through these verses. These verses show us a few things. Uh, where a Christian that is growing will be steadfast uh, and will be staying and will be so, um, concrete and sucked down to where they're going to be. Uh, notice number one, they are steadfast in the circumstance of doctrine. Uh, the Bible says in verse 14 uh, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of what? Say it. Doctrine, uh, every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness of the devil, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Uh, a growing child of God will not be constantly taken uh, in by the false teachings of this world uh, around him. Uh, you can hear it, and I've heard it time and time and time again, uh, that this person believes this now, uh, and this person has failed a Calvinism, uh, or this person has become a tree hugger, or, or whatever, you know, the junk that going on in this world today uh, and I tell you how they're, 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 but, but new Christians are vulnerable they're vulnerable and, and it's important to not only know what you believe but it's important to, to know why you believe what you believe why do we believe that the King James Bible is the perfect word of God uh, I guarantee you uh, if a Jew were to walk up to you you would not know what to say 
Why? You must know those things. If a Jehovah's Witness walks up to your door and knocks on your door, don't you dare send them away. They are a lost soul just as you were once. Let them in your house and let them sit down with you. But you know why we don't? You know why most Baptists preach on against that? I've heard it from this pulpit in times of old. I've heard it from the pew in times of old where people say run and hide when the Jehovah's Witness knock on the door. No, don't run and hide. Tell them about Jesus. They come to you. What an easiest... What's, what, what, how much easier can you take the, uh, the part of witnessing? They come to your door. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not, it's not about that. They're lost. They're deceived, by the way, the Bible says at the end, uh, whereby they will lie and wait to deceive. Uh, they have been lied, for, lied to. Uh, they have been waited for. Uh, and the watchtower's not going to get them to heaven. There's so many guys. and learn. I, I would advise everybody, and we'll go through a study if you want to do it on Friday night or something. We'll go through a study on... A, Cults, if you'd like to. Cults. I started to start that study before and on Sunday school hour. But, but listen, cults from the Jehovah's Witnesses to the Mormons to the Catholics all the way down. It's cults. It's cults. We must be careful, guys. I'm telling you is that this is why I preach so hard on learning the scriptures and spending time in them. So when the opposition comes to you, and they are, they're not, you're not deceived to believe in their lies, their tricks, their schemes. Oh, that's all they want to do, friend. That's all they want to do. And the Bible tells us they lie and wait. Now, what does that give us an example of? Uh, anybody ever hunted in here? We've hunted. What do you do when you're waiting for what you're killing? You sit there and lie and wait. It's like a prey waits for the victim. Don't you realize that there's a lion out there? The Bible tells us that there is. There's a lion out there. The Bible tells us very clearly that I'm casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking them. He's not just lying awake, but he's seeking. I'm telling you, Satan and his companions will do that. This word that you, friend, let me tell you something. Let me take this out so I don't lose it. But this word that you have in your lap this morning, it is 100% a sword. But you have to know how to use it before you can use it. You have to know how to use it before you ever be able to use it. It's sure enough, it's a sword. It cuts the very dividing asunder of the soul, as the Bible says. And it is discerner of all things. A discerner of all things. That's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. It's a discerner of all things. You know what that means? That means that this thing understands everything that's going on in this world. It understands it. You might not understand it, but man, if you'll dig into it, it understands it. It understands it. And the problem is, friend, is that we don't want to learn. We don't care to learn. You don't want a witness to nobody anyways. I'm telling you, friend, it is a sword. But you got to learn how to use it before you use it. Amen, friend. I'm telling you, I've seen people grow. But they're steadfast in the circumstances, steadfast in the circumstance of doctrine. We read secondly in verse number 15, but speaking the truth and love may grow up in him in the all things which he is the head, even Christ. Now we, we, not only the steadfast in the, um, the circumstance of doctrine, but also steadfast in the circumstance of developing. Uh, there's going to be a growing. There's going to be something in there. Uh, and the child of God growing, I believe, has no attraction, uh, um, has no attraction to the world, uh, but has Every attraction to the God's word and its truth Amen. does. I've seen people, you couldn't beg them to come to every night of revival. Why? Because they didn't got no attraction to God's word. I'm not talking about work. Don't miss me, okay? I'm not talking about work. I'm talking about one time a year having a full week revival and God moving in. That's what I'm talking about. 
There's a desire. I'm not talking about Ashbury University either. I'm talking about God moving in on a church and helping them to do something. And you'll always see the church is going to be growing, but not the whole church. Am I right? Am I wrong? You ain't got to amen me this morning. Everything's good. But I pro- I'm not mad either, I promise you. I, I'm, I'm just telling you the word of God. There is a developing in your life. There's a developing. Uh, and co- consistently you'll see them, um, that new believer, you'll see them consistently changing their lives to fit the word of God. Not changing the word of God to fit their lives. Amen, friend. Amen, I'm telling you, it's the truth. You should immediately, when you get born again, you should immediately be praying for God's will for your life. Immediately. Because there is a will. There is. I mean, I'm telling you, you ought to get in His Word and whatever doesn't line up with your life, fix it. It's the truth. It's the truth. That happened. We read that this morning, did we not? If you love me, Keep my commandments. You know you've passed from death and death and life when you keep my commandments. I know it says the other one too, but don't miss me. But understand, there's a bunch of things that we can look at throughout all of Scripture that tells us that we ought to keep the commandments of God. We just went through them this morning. If you missed Sunday school, you missed a good time. But I'm, I'm telling you that First John in chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 3, the Bible says, we read this earlier. I need to find that verse. But And hereby we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. And he that saith, I know Him and keepeth not His commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. Now you tell me what the truth is. The truth is Jesus Christ. And He can be in you. But he's not in you if you don't keep his commandments. Then you say, preacher, what's the commandments? The Ten Commandments? Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about this word of God. That's all of his commandments. The Ten Commandments was the law to begin with. There were 613 of them. Actually, it wasn't just ten. There were 613 of them that had to be kept by the Jews. Uh, by the Orthodox Jews still keep them to this day. They try their best. But a man can never fulfill the law. But what Christ did is he did not come to take away the law. But he came to fulfill the law. You line Jesus up with this Bible and you'll not find an imperfection. Amen, friend. And that's that's just what it is. First John chapter 5 and verse number 3, the Bible says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not grievous. Hear me, I'm not preaching to make you doubt your salvation this morning uh, by laying out a list of you uh, of things you're not doing and things you are doing because I am not that kind of preacher. That's the last thing I want to do is make you doubt your salvation. But I'm preaching straight from the Bible this morning. And remember this, obedience to the Word of God is always going to be the will of God. Amen, friend. Children want to grow up in some cases and be just like mom and dad. They want to be just like mom and dad. And spiritually, you ought to be just like daddy Jesus. Amen. You ought to want to be just like him. You'll never reach that place without his word and continually growing up. You'll never do it. Amen. We're breaking down these verses. Verse 15, but speaking the uh, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body, under the edifying of itself in love. Steadfast. Steadfast in the circumstance of doctrine. Steadfast in the circumstance of developing. But also steadfast in the circumstance of devotion. Now, 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 now. My body and your body both are put together specifically and for a purpose, right? You would agree with that. Your body's put together perfectly. And it's, it's got a purpose. Something. Whether it be working, whether it be whatever. I mean, your body's got a specific purpose. And so it is with the body of Christ. Each member is saved for a purpose. Hear me. Don't miss this. None are useless. Some are useless. None are useless. But some are useless. But the majority of them are only useless just simply because they are not doing their part. Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to God, uh, draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and you filthy minded. That, that, all those things all are saved for a purpose to please the Lord. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 27, you'll find it there. You read the whole thing. Uh, and, and, and all of them are just perfect, and you never know you needed them so much. You never know you needed your Achilles tendon so much until it was gone. Right? And that's just what it is. Is that That's how we have I, Have you ever woke up and thanked the Lord for your elbow? No. It's not something we do. We don't thank Him for those things, but that is what we need to do. We need to thank God for each other uh, that fitly joined together and fitly put together uh, and compacted together uh, become a joint together. That's what it says. Fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. All of them. Supply, supply. And I believe the child of God that is growing up wants to find and wants to fulfill their very place in the body of Christ. Amen, friend. And when your right arm is hurt, the left arm suffers because he carries the brunt of the weight. Amen. It's the truth. The same goes with the body of Christ. I mean, you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The same goes when all members are functioning and doing their part. Things go right, but if not, someone else has to fill in the gap. Just for example, but, but, just for example, but, but if I were not to show up tonight, who would preach? Without telling you, who would preach? <laughs> Ain't no preacher. He, I mean, he might be called to preach, but he ain't no preacher yet. There's no place in that. You could get up here and teach all day long, but there's no preaching. I'm the only, I'm, right now, I'm the only God called preacher. I hope every one of you men get called to preach. But right now, that's not what it's like. And all I'm telling you, friend, is that when you come to this, uh, who's going to fill the gap? Uh, and you say, well, I'm not that important. Uh, I don't matter that much. You matter more than you think so. Because when you're not here, there is a hole in your pew. Amen, friend. Someone would have to fill the gap when you're not here. And when you don't show up, the whole body suffers. If your arm didn't show up today, that's what happens when your legs don't show up when you wake up. You fall, don't you? What happens when you get dizzy? And because your, 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 your equilibrium is just a little bit off, what happens? You pass out because something was not working right. Man, I'm telling you, your whole body suffers when one part is not working. You ever found one asleep? What happens when you're asleep? You're living asleep. You ever found one asleep? I promise you, you try standing on your feet for long. When you sleep, when they're sleeping, I promise you, you ain't going to be standing there long. You hit the ground. Last night, my hand fell asleep. I had it under my head, and last night, my hand fell asleep. You know how bad it hurt? It felt like somebody poking needles. I couldn't have picked up anything and held it for two seconds. I couldn't have done it because something is lacking. I don't have to drive this in your head no far because you understand it. I know you do. But I'm just telling you, you can always count on somebody who is growing as a child of God. You can always count on them. Amen, friend. A growing Christian. How's the checklist looking so far? A growing Christian is steadfast in their circumstances. Secondly, a growing Christian is separated in their choices. Now understand the rest of these verses. We'll go through them. Verse 17 through 24. A growing child of God is easily identified because their lives are different from the world around them. I believe these verses show just that. Notice verse 17 through 19. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. In the vanity of their mind having the understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God uh, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past, who being past feeling having given themselves over to, the, to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness with greediness. So they're separated from the works of darkness. Now, Paul goes through these verses and he makes a clear line of where a lost man lives and his life and how a saved child of God lives their life. Now, when somebody gets born again, they are given a new start, right? They're given a new life. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to forgive you, but what it does mean, what matters, is that Jesus forgave you. And He forgave you every sin you had ever committed from far as the beginning to the end. And there ain't never a sin 
sin that you're ever going to commit that he hasn't forgiven. Uh, um, but I'm telling you, and you say, what about blaspheming the Holy Ghost? Uh, a child of God cannot blaspheme the Holy Ghost, by the way. Uh, um, but nonetheless, uh, uh, we're not getting into that this morning. God help me now. Um, but, but, but the fact is, is that being your flesh is not saved. There's one part of my body that has never and will never be saved. That's why we have to be glorified. That's why we have to have a new body. If my body got saved, he wouldn't have to give us a new one. Right, and so, 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 so immortality puts on mortality. And, uh, uh, yeah, 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 I got that right. And then incorruptible puts on, uh, excuse me, corruptible puts on incorruptible. Uh, and I'll get it right in a minute. But nonetheless, is your desires, uh, your flesh isn't saved, but your desires should have changed Amen. when you got saved. Amen. No longer do you want to live as you once did. You see, the lost man is blind to the causes and the consequences that his sin is committing in his life. That his sin is causing in his life. And he doesn't see a need to be different. And I mean, some do morally. I understand that. But the child of God that, isn't, that is growing, however, are no longer in the darkness. Hallelujah. You've went from darkness to light. I saw the light, amen. That, that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, that's how God had it designed for it. Uh, and we read that, that this, I te- therefore, let's go to, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Alienated, that means I couldn't have got to God. Listen, the only reason, G- hang tight, I'm going to back up just for a second because I about said something wrong. But one of the only reasons that Jesus died on the cross was not just to save you from hell. It was not just to make you be a better person. It was not just to make you be a Christian. But the main reason that Jesus died on the cross for your sins was to get you to God. That's the main reason he did that. You were alienated in darkness because of the fall of Adam. And what the first Adam took away, the second Adam gave us. And that's Christ. And I tell you, he, the, 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 the fact is, is that no more are you living in darkness and self-will. Remember how it says greediness in verse number 19. To work all uncleanness with greediness. You're not greedy. You're not all about yourself anymore. It's God's will now. You're a new creature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And our desires is not to do the works of the darkness. How's your works looking? How's your works looking? A Christian does not need to do the things that they used to do. A Christian won't want to do the things that they used to do. It's the truth. I don't care. You can name every sin in the book. But a Christian has a different desire now. Every sin in the book, all the way from drunkenness, all the way down to the very pits of death, murder. Don't want to do that anymore. Don't want to do that stuff anymore. The next few verses tell us that the one who steals, steals no more. They're separated from the works of darkness. They're separated from the walks of darkness. And we can read these verses, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus is in in Jesus that you put off. That which concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So they who are separated are not only, they're separated from the works of darkness, but they're separated from the walks of darkness. When you get born again, the walk you used to walk will be changed. Said, well, define walk. Well, notice the verses here. He says that you are going to called to put off, put off once and for all the ways of the old man. <coughs> to put them off. Notice the word is corrupt in verse 22. The former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt. Can anybody, anybody smart in here? Because I'm not smart. But can you tell me what that word is is? What does is mean? What kind of what kind of tense is that? It's a present tense. Now what would that mean? He says he's telling us to talk, he's talking to a church here. 
He's talking to the church at Ephesus and he's saying, Hey, the old man is corrupt. The ways is corrupt. Uh, and that means every time you read it, it's still going to be corrupt. But you know what that's actually referring to? That's actually thinking about And it gives us a picture of a, a, a corpse that is sitting in the sun. It gives us a picture of a corpse, a rotting corpse. I don't want to be ugly, but that is sitting in the sun and each day brings more evidence that it's dead. You right? Everybody? Uh, Each day will bring new evidence. Each day will bring more evidence that that thing is dead. It's completely dead. And every single day with your life as a growing child of God ought to prove that the old man is dead. Every day you ought to get better. Every day you ought to get closer. You say, I am not who I want to be, but I'm aiming towards that. I'm striving towards the mark. And friend, I'm telling you, being a Christian doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means you try. And I'm telling you is that what we need to do is that each day and then we're instructed there uh, in verse 24 to put on the new man I've preached through this. It isn't nothing new to you, but, but, but the new man once and for all uh, who has been instructed uh, in righteousness and in, what does it say? True holiness. Well, when the born again child of God, when he, when he, when he gets a new life, I mean, he has a new way in life. He has a new leader in his life. And, and friend, he experienced a change of heart that results in a change of mind. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, my flesh didn't get saved, but, but man, my, my, desire, my desire did. It changed. And this is the bottom line. The child of God that is growing uh, looks, acts, walks, talks, and everything else united there different. Than they did before. Amen, friend. I would, I would, listen, it's easy. Hear me, I made three false processions before I got born again. It's possible to that, for that to happen. Listen, I'm not making you doubt. I promise, I'm not making nobody doubt in here. It, 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 confirm it. But I've seen some of you get saved. I mean, born again. Okay? And I, I've seen it. But I'm telling you, is that there's been some people I have seen that did not get saved, I don't think. I'm not saying they're here anymore. I'm just telling you the simple fact is that if they don't show it, normally we wait a long time before you baptize somebody. We said Jesus didn't do that. They baptized the disciples didn't do that. They baptized them immediately, and I believe that. If we had the amenity to do that, we probably would. But the facts are, friend, is that you ought to be able to see in your life that you're saved. Mom and daddy ought to be able to see a changed life. Amen. Y'all too. Y'all too, friend. I'm t- now, that's what it is. A growing Christian is steadfast in their circumstances. A growing Christian is separated in their choices. Lastly, I'll be done. We see in verse 25 through 32, a growing Christian has have standards that are Christ-like. Verse 25 through 32, we'll read those. But as we look into this part of the passage this morning, concluding, Paul begins to talk about the growing of a child of God. Somebody who's growing and in a day-by-day sense, if you will. And he focuses on some big and some hard things here. He really does. And I might, get, I might step on your toe in a second. Same time. Primarily... He talks about how they act toward another believer. Right? You see, the lost man is selfish. Me, 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 me. You see, the baby Christian is actually partially selfish. Paul said, I could not address them unto meat, but I had to give them the milk. Why? Because they're carnal. So he said, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. He says they're carnal. They were new. Ba- they were new. They were babies in Christ. You were babes in Christ. He says that you were babes in Christ. And, and but 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 a child of God that is growing has come to the fact that he loves the brethren, and it shows in his walk. And by the way, 
Don't miss this verse. 1 John chapter 3. I have a problem with people that don't like other people. You said, preacher, you just told me you don't like other people. I know I just caught what I said. But I have a problem with somebody who claims Christ and don't love somebody else. You know what the Bible says, 1 John chapter 3, verse 14? The Bible says you know you've passed from death unto life when you love the brethren. There ought not to be one person you don't like. <laughs> That's a hard statement, ain't it? You say, preacher, they've done something wrong to me. I don't care what they've done to you. You've done a lot worse to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen I'm telling you, you know you've passed from death into life because you love the brethren. You love, I think it actually says when you love the brethren. You love the brethren. And, I, and I'm telling you this morning, the, the only, this can only be figured out through the word of God. Through the word of God. Notice, their actions are going to be Christ-like. Their actions, verse 28, the Bible says, Let him that stole steal no more. That thief ain't going to be thieving anymore. But he also says, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands. God ain't got nothing for a lazy person. Amen, friend. Working with his hands. That, the thing which is good. Hold on, no. Time out. Look at the rest of the verse. That me, he may have to give to him that needs. Hold on, what? You're telling me the word of God tells me I need to go to work to give? You sure do. That's the reason you're going to work. Amen. I, it's to give. You ought to go to give. And you say, I no other reason why I need to go to work. I have all my bills paid and all of this. Then you need to give. Give. It's according to scripture. That's nothing. That's not that's not Nicology, amen. That is the Bible, the Bibliology. That is Christ and what he says to Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He said, You need to go to work to be able to give. Amen. I feel the tenseness in here, by the way. I do, but I'm telling you this morning, instead of taking what belongs to another to satisfy our own lust, uh, and, you know, the robbers, the thieves, oh, that's all they do. They, they do it to satisfy their own lust. The child of God is challenged to go to work uh, so he can make money to give. Self passed away. Amen. The growing believer looks beyond self and sees the need of others. The need of others. It's important to see the need of others. Philippians chapter 2, a few pages over. The Bible says in verse number 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. It's the truth. You're growing. You're growing. Now write this down. Could you write this down for me so I don't forget it? Your growing is displayed in your giving. Your growing is displayed in your giving. Man, this is a prime example of missions giving. And not just missions giving, but just simple giving, man. Just simple giving. I'm thankful for what you guys give. Um, but just simple giving. So, so their actions are Christ-like. Secondly, I want you to know their reactions are Christ-like. Their reactions, verse 26, the Bible says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. The Bible says, verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away with all malice. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another for Christ's sake. For God, for even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. They're reactions. That all speaks of reactions. There's four examples. These four verses all talk about the same thing. They speak of learning how to control your anger. Anybody got an anger problem in here? You don't have to, you don't have to just raise your hand. But you got an anger problem, man. Something's wrong. Now understand, I understand. Now just hang tight for just a second. But it speaks of learning how to control your anger. I've taught here. I've done it myself and I try to live by it. But if you have a problem with something, use a Bible verse and memorize that Bible verse for that part. So every time that situation comes up, you say, be angry and sin not. Is this going to be sin? Yeah, it sure is going to be sin. Instead of offending, instead of being offended, 
Why don't you try offering forgiveness? You know, not everybody's perfect like you are. Amen, friend. The one that is growing in the faith does not allow the hurt caused by others to call their spirit, cause their own spiritual issues. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon you. <laughs> you say there ain't no spiritual in, I- issues in there. Well, it says sin not. Right? It says to sin not. And I, I'm telling you something this morning. Uh, uh, be, be angry about what God is angry about. That's the only thing that's ever going to be right. If you're angry about the wickedness in this world, then that's, that's fine. God's angry about it too. But I tell you, any other opens up the place in verse number 27. Neither give place to the devil. If you're going to be angry with sin, you're giving place to the devil. That's scripture. Scripture, take no, no inch should ever be given to God. Uh, in verse 31 through verse 32, uh, tells us that no getting even or lashing out at others. He said, preacher, they lashed out at me. I don't care. God don't either. We're to forgive them to the same exact extent. The same exact extent that we have been forgiven. You hear me? The same exact extent that we have been forgiven by Christ. That's how you ought to forgive. Now, I don't know about you, but that means everything. We preached on 70 times 7, right? Preached on 70 times 7. And that 70 times 7, Jesus said, forgive them 70 times 7. Uh, uh, or as Peter, Peter, he said, Lord, what are we supposed to forgive them? Uh, what, 90 times? What was I can't remember exactly how he said it. But, but, but he said, no, forgive them 70 times 7. And you know what the point of that whole situation was? The point was is that nobody's going to count up how bad, how bad somebody's done them. Nobody's going to count up to 490 times. He said seven times seven. That's what he said. So 49 times. And so, so he said seven times seven, 49 times. He said, no, 70 times seven. Nobody's going to just count up 490 times when somebody, and that was the whole point Jesus had. And I'm telling you something this morning. There's no lashing out. There's no reason to not forgive somebody, even if they don't do the same back. You be like Christ, do your part, and let it go. Amen. Their actions are Christ-like. Their reactions are Christ-like. Lastly, I'm done. Their interactions are Christ-like. Okay? Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Oop. Let me read that again. Let some corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. No, it says no. None means none, and that's all that none can mean. but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed on the day of redemption. Thank God for that. But these verses tell us how we can relate to one another. I'm telling you, friend, we are always to speak the truth, even if it hurts, right? We're to speak the truth. Truth should always be spoken so you don't fall into another sin of lying. Truth. Proverbs tells us a good friend will tell the truth. A good friend will tell them the truth. If it hurts or not, it's going to tell them the truth. But I tell you is that when we lie to a fellow believer, we're lying to the body of Christ. You know how important it is and how, 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 how nervous I get to stand in front of you guys? I know a lot of you are my family, but I stand in front of you guys. You know why? Because you're the body of Christ. I'm preaching to the very body of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching to the bride of Christ, the one he's going to come back to get. It's very important to me to rightly divide the scripture. Study to show thyself approval, workman unto God, which needeth not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. And we are to do that. We're to do that. But I tell you, that watch, watch evil speaking. Watch, watch all the things and, and speak only to edify. Anything else simply grieves the Holy Spirit and the church. That's scripture right here. The growing child of God knows this, and the growing child of God seeks to contain or control his tongue. That's what the Bible says, James chapter 1, verse 26. But the foolish speak in ignorance, and that's what they do. 
And beloved, I tell you, it's better to be quiet and let people think you're full. It's better to, to, to be quiet and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and take all doubt away. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's better to do that. You know, that's a Bible verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3 tells us that. It's a whole lot better. It's better. It's better to, make people, uh, to be quiet and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth, your dirty mouth, your nasty mouth that we use all the time. The mouth that we ought not ever use. But to open our big mouth and to take all the doubt away <laughs> that we are a fool. I'm telling you something, friend. You, you ever heard that statement, I wish you'd grow up? You ever heard that statement? I know when I was growing up, I heard that statement, I wish you'd grow up. You know what that was statement mean? It means they were wanting you to act more mature than you were. You know, I wonder if God ever looks down and says, man, I wish they'd grow up. Wish they'd grow up. Spiritually, friend, we need to grow up. I see you growing. I see you growing. I watch your lives. Listen, I, I, I praise the Lord for it. But man, we need to grow up. We need to grow up. And, 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 if, and if you're saved, you, you, ought, you ought to be steadily moving in the Lord. Steadily. It ought to be continual. It ought to be continual. And I tell you, I, I know, maybe you've been saved. You say, I've been saved, preacher. And nothing changed. Then I would, I would reevaluate. Listen, I've seen the change. But that, that makes a person wonder if they really got it. Why, you say? Because the Bible says a person will grow up. Will. Are you growing up this morning? Stand your feet, please. I want you to think on these things. You need to go to the do you need to come to the altar this morning? Right. If you don't need to pray, could you pray for just a moment? Listen to me this morning, friend. It's time to grow up. 